Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Hey everyone, Ryan here, the host of the Pursuit of Happiness podcast. Now we're going to do things a little different on this episode as the clock has turned to August. And that means one thing and one thing only. It's fantasy football time. Now, I've been playing fantasy football for multiple decades, and so has my good friend, Nabil. So I invited him to be on this two-part podcast mini-series with me. So welcome to part one of the fantasy football special, where we'll discuss the difference between standard leagues like Yahoo, CBS, ESPN, and daily leagues like DraftKings. So if you're a newbie to the fantasy world, this podcast will be super helpful. But if you've been doing fantasy for years and years like we have, this is also a great episode for you as we discuss our draft strategies for 12-team leagues and also how we make our weekly selections on platforms such as DraftKings. And oh yeah, we also reminisce about the stories of some of the most brutal losses we've ever suffered in fantasy football. Now, if you've done fantasy you know exactly what we're talking about. This was such a fun episode to record as we really dive into the details of what has given us success with fantasy football. Now, don't forget, this is part one. You can check out part two, which is being released right after this, where we dive deeper into our 2021 players that we're targeting, who we consider sleepers, and who are the players that we're just not going to draft. So stay tuned for that. Now, before we get started here, I just wanted to say, feel free to reach out if you want to. Leave a comment, shoot me a DM. We'll discuss fantasy football and draft strategies, players you think will have a big year, or perhaps some of your past stories with fantasy football. All right, with that said, here we go. Myself and Nabil, Fantasy Football Part 1. Nabil, what's up, man? How you doing? How you doing? I'm doing all right, man. Waiting for yeah. the football season to start. You and me both. I love it. I love yeah, it. It's, it's uh, been a long off season for both of us. It's been a <laughs> long off season with a lot of untold stories and clarifications on who's playing where, other than we, we know Tom Brady's intact with his team, so good for him. Lucky number eight, maybe, for him. So You think so? I don't know, man. I don't know. He's got all the starters coming back and the way they handled the Kansas City Chiefs, man. You, I mean, it's just, it was too easy. Was too yeah, easy. that was kind of surprising. I definitely thought the Chiefs would run over them. And because the Tampa, if you remember, like they almost kind of barely made the playoffs, let alone That's, the Super Bowl, you know? So they've got a good defense and their, and their offense is clicking, man. And everyone's coming back. So unless people start getting hurt, you know. I don't think there's anyone to challenge them. Definitely not in their division. Drew Brees is gone. Yeah, that's the thing. I mean, the Saints I don't, the team. I, I don't know how much and uh, Michael Thomas is out for the first few weeks. I think he's hurt. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I don't know how uh, Sam Darnold's going to do with Christian McCaffrey coming back. Yeah, I, I think the Panthers might be the only kind of Falcons are 
the Falcons. Let's put it that way, man. Yeah. They're not. You can't no, be trusted Julio. in that division. Julio's no, Julio, gone now. Wow. So you, yeah, so that's why Tampa's – that's that division, man. That South division is theirs now. You're right. You're 100% right. It was always the Saints for the last probably 10 years or so, and now Longer it's – Longer that, yeah. Who even knows about that? It was um, always the Saints, man, since since he came to that team, since Bruce Breeze went there. After Aaron Brooks and those guys. Aaron oh, Brooks, Joe Horn. Joe Horn, mighty Joe Horn. <laughs> Deuce McAllister. Deuce McAllister, Ricky Williams. Oh, man. Yeah, the Saints, were, have, they've been a fun team to watch for quite some time. Yeah, man. Um, but now, so as people can tell and listening to this, yes, this is a very football-focused podcast. This podcast is obviously called The Pursuit of Happiness, and this is my happiness right here, right now. Talking football, football. talking fantasy football. I love it. This is a holiday to me is when we draft our fantasy teams. That's um, right. You know, people want the uh, Monday after the Super Bowl off after work for a national holiday, and I get that. I'm not going to argue that, but this is my holiday is fantasy draft time. I love it. I live for this. And, Nabil, I'm having you back on because I know you live for this too. So this is going to be great. You're absolutely right. You know, just geeking out prior to the prior to the season starting, it's when you really start watching uh, ESPN even more, mm-hmm. uh, looking for uh, any kind of edge you can get over your competitors on draft day. Who's playing? Who's not? Who's yes. Yes. Uh, who's gonna? Who's gonna get cut? Who's not? So yeah, absolutely. So I I know personally I've been playing fantasy football since I'd probably say the late nineties now. And what, oh, wow. when did you start playing? I started in two thousand. Right in two thousand, the, the the year the the Ravens won the Super Bowl with okay. uh, the defense with with uh, Trent Dilfer Trent as Dilfer. your quarterback. Yeah. Against the Giants, I think that was the first year I played. I, I drafted Edger and James mm. um, as number two overall, and I he was the rushing leader that year uh, over Marshall Falk and Eddie George and Kurt Warner. This is um, uh, back when running backs were running backs, and they were pure gold because <clears throat> they were workhorses. Yeah, they were getting about 30 carries a game, mm-hmm. if not 30 touches a game, and you know, Edron James and Marshall Falk, those guys were also like receiving backs. So you knew they were going to get fed the ball either way. Yeah. That didn't exist much like 20, 25 years ago. Like being a Broncos fan, like I'm fully, I'm going to just put that out there. I'm a diehard Broncos fan. Like in the nineties, I drafted anybody who was starting for Denver from Terrell Davis to Mike Anderson to Orlando's Gary and (laughs) Which oh, he's who else? Clinton it. Clinton Portis was a monster. Um, but yeah, anybody who was running for Denver was like, boom, take him. Um, still, uh, still one of the best trades ever, man. Clinton Portis for uh, Tom Bailey. Bailey. Yeah, that best trades ever. I was so mad. I'll never forget. So I was at Buffalo in college, and we are on our computers in the work lab or whatever. And uh, I was in class and I hit uh, refresh on ESPN.com while I was supposed to be doing work. And I saw Clinton Portis got traded and I literally just bought a Clinton Portis Jersey a month ago. I freaking took my books. I walked out of the classroom, shut the computer down. I left. I was like, you gotta be freaking kidding me, man. You know, the first thing that ever, I mean, of course, in hindsight, it's one of the best deals ever, right? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Clinton Portis is what? And Champ Bailey's a hall of famer. Right. But Clinton Portis's first touch as a Redskin, former Washington football team, was a 66-yard touchdown run. <laughs> I still remember that. I was like, they traded this guy. His first touch as uh, on his new team was a 66-yard touchdown run. 
But now, so, I was like, well, but after, but after that, it was just his. Yeah, his Portis was good, but uh, Champ Elliott is a Hall of Famer. So, yeah. you know, at the end of the day, it is defense that wins championships, but it is uh, it is the offense that gets those fantasy points that we're going to be talking about. Which, so yeah. just to set this up, so what I'm looking to do here is this is a part one of, of a two-part conversation. So in this conversation, you could expect us to kind of dive a little deeper into far as like the different formats as far as uh, an annual league and or a daily league, some strategies behind that, what we like to do, what we like to stay away from. So we're going to talk about our experience with that. And the second part of this conversation, which will be released later, we'll be looking more into 2021 players. We're going to go into some rankings, um, some all-stars, some sleepers, and some guys to stay away from. So with that said, Nabil, what experience do you have as far as different platforms for your different leagues? Um, I've played, obviously I've played in the the weekly format, 12-team, 10-team, um, annual, as well as uh, last couple of years we've been playing the daily Mm-hmm. fantasy which is almost like on a weekly basis i've done some daily games um you know it's a completely different kind of attitude that you bring so to speak to the platform it's how super you different yeah yeah how you approach the game itself um because it's completely different in the sense where others can have the same players that you have on your team right so it's it's a daily budget that you get uh and based on that budget you're picking your players as opposed to your standard kind of more traditional leagues where you're drafting players like you would in the in a real case scenario like how the NFL does when they draft players uh to their league to their team and there is a pro and con to each of them which we'll go over um but i will say like this conversation will be beneficial to somebody that is either experienced in doing this. So you're going to hear some really cool and good strategy that we use. And, or if you don't really have any experience, this conversation will kind of help guide you um, to choose a league to look for. And then some draft strategy behind that to how to get the best team. So, you know, I know a lot of people shy away from fantasy football. Like, I don't know what I'm doing. I just, I don't know. Well, we're here to help a little bit. And at the end of the day, to keep in mind that a lot of fantasy football, yes, there is some skill and knowledge involved, but at the same time, a lot of luck is involved. So, you know, whether your guy gets knocked out in the first quarter or fourth quarter could be, you know, the difference between you get knocked out of the playoffs or a championship. Like you just don't know. So um, we're going to help in in both of those areas. And uh, yeah, so I um, personally have done the Yahoo league for many, many, many years. That's, you know, the standard 10 to 12. I usually do 12 team leagues. Um, I find personally that the 10 team leagues are a little too stacked. Um, you know, some teams uh, have just a bunch of pro bowlers going to go against a bunch of pro bowlers. It doesn't sound very take, competitive. Yeah. That's the thing because I love like the 12 team leagues, if not even more, because it, forces you to find the, the gems, the diamonds Gem. in the rough that are going to have good games to, to that's going to be the difference. Um, yeah. You know, when you have everybody scoring touchdowns left and right and all these teams, it's like, you know, that takes the fun out of it too, you know? So. Yeah. But, no, I totally uh, agree. I totally agree. Uh, for me, I played in 10 team leagues and as I've gotten better over the years, or at least enjoying the, the fantasy football aspect of it more, definitely want it to be more competitive. And so 12 to 14 league is ideal. Mm-hmm. Uh, it depends on how competitive the person is or wants to play. Um, 
I mean, right off the bat, I mean, if you want to play fantasy football for fun, yes, but you've got to have a competitive spirit. If you do not have a competitive spirit in your in your body, in a bone in your body, you're not going to enjoy this as much. It, it makes it fun when you are competitive. See, so there is some trash talk. You're playing against people you know typically. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, there's water cooler conversation if you do go back to work to an office, that is, uh, the next day. Uh, you know, stuff like that. It, it comes into play. A lot of that comes into play. And that's what kind of makes it fun. Um, it's like going to, I rank it as it, the cost of going to the movies um, twice yeah, yeah. in a whole season. That's the cost of what it would cost you to play fantasy Well, here's here's money. the thing too, is like that Sunday night game when it's the Jaguars versus the freaking Browns or whatever it is, and you want to go to bad and the game means jack squat, now means something because you're so involved in every game, which makes it so much more fun because there's always something on the line. Even, even if you're in a free public Yahoo league, right? Like, yeah, like well, you that's said, how I started. If you're competitive, yeah. you're still going to keep an eye on that because you just want to beat that person, whoever you're facing. Um, but imagine when money's involved. That's when you really start yelling at the TV screen and start throwing stuff at it, you know? So, well, I mean, let's let's be honest, right? It's Monday evening. Why else would I be watching Cleveland versus Cincinnati exactly. on a Monday night? Exactly. Nothing against people from Ohio, but I'm not watching that game unless I've got a couple of horses in the race. You or know, someone so to going against you. Yeah. So yep, it's either yep. or. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Yeah. It makes it, uh, it makes every game and every play that much more exciting because it's how it affects you. And, yep. uh, you know, I know it can get somewhat annoying to hear people on my fantasy team. He's my, he's on my fantasy team. My fantasy player got hurt, blah, blah, blah. Well, you start playing and then you'll probably end up being the same way. So um, I will say probably, Here's like the, the biggest pro and con as far as like a 12 team league, like uh, you do the normal draft. We'll talk about that in a moment. Um, I, I love having um, a Yahoo league team. Um, I always use Yahoo. ESPN is also you know pretty good. Um, yeah. a lot of NFL's is, got one, NFL has one CBS sports line. You yeah. Know. A lot of it is basically just how the point system is set up. That's kind of mm-hmm. mostly the biggest difference. Yahoo's been doing this forever. I've, I've always enjoyed the, their format, how to set things up and pick up players and all this stuff. It's usually pretty easy. Um, the great thing is, is I do love a 12 team league seems to be the sweet spot. And when you draft a team, it's kind of like you have like, a connection with those players. You're following those players throughout the season, which Steve makes Smith. it kind of fun. <laughs> Steve, Steve Smith. Steve still Steve Smith is still the, the greatest steal I had ever in a draft, man. When Moose and Muhammad and all those guys were playing for the Carolina Panthers, mm-hmm. Steve Smith came on as a free agent. I picked him up. Still one of the and then the following year, no one no one still picked him in my in my in my league and i was like i guess i'll take this guy's my fifth wide out yeah um you know and you know that guy's potential hall of famer he broke all carolina records mm-hmm. um so he's he's definitely one that comes to mind rod smith always comes to mind from denver yes. because of uh he was a possess- possession receiver so um if you're playing for uh, uh you know points for points per catch as well as i say uh, possession, you know, you were going to get points for him catching the ball, not just for yards, uh, which McCaffrey, his uh, McCaffrey always, his counterpart always got more points for that, but this guy got points for catching the ball too. So, yeah. So we'll talk about uh, points per catch. Otherwise known as PPR for points per reception. Yeah. yeah. We'll talk about that in a moment, but I would say the biggest downfall as far as drafting a team is your season could literally be over in the first week or two. Um, somebody gets hurt for the year. It depends who it is. If if you're or, they get, pick, or they get 
or they get suspended for the way they parent. Do you want to tell folks about your Adrian Peterson? Pick Adrian man? Peterson. Yeah. Apparently likes to, uh, you know, beat his kid with a stick or something. And, uh, yeah. And, uh, that was, I mean, obviously there's bigger issues in a fantasy football team, but it's like, what the hell do I do with this guy? He's on my he was bench your number for one the year. Pick. Yeah. And he was your number and you couldn't cut him. Number one. You were not pick. allowed to cut him. And, and you weren't uh, allowed to cut him. The system wouldn't allow you to cut him. Right. Yeah. To ensure yep. fairness. Yep. yep, couldn't get rid of him. And plus he was like one one day he was gonna play, the next day he was out for six weeks, and then then he was gonna appeal, and then he was it was like, what the frig is going on? Um, but uh yeah, the problem with the 12 team league is injuries are a part of the game, suspensions unfortunately are a part of the game, and when that stuff hits your team, you're done, you're toast. It's uh you're pretty much screwed because well, I mean that's when you look for those diamonds in the rough. You know, and that's probably still not and, enough. That's probably not enough, honestly. Most of the time, it's not unless you get really lucky. Yeah, Kevin Cobb has screwed me in the past several times. Monte, Monty Ball was a player for the Monty Denver Ball. Broncos. Yeah. Um, so you know, when those players are drafted pretty high and they don't come through, it can be it can be pretty bad. Yeah, it can be a pretty bad season for you. I mean, let's be real. We know of the injury of a torn ACL because of the NFL. Otherwise, well, yeah. I you don't hear a tear, torn ACL very often. No, not in and, soccer. Uh, I mean, yeah, yeah. And when your number one pick gets a torn ACL, and then your number two pick sprains his ankle, and your number three pick gets like COVID, you're 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 screwed. Yeah, you're, you're done. Yeah, it's done. Yeah. So that is where the daily leagues come in. And we have used DraftKings the last two years. And I can honestly say I was slightly resistant to that when Me that too. first came out. You were too. Yeah. yeah because it was like, it's I like, like my teams. Game. I know. And it's also like a gambling site kind of the, you see all those commercials like right. constantly and the NFL has, um, has some sort of uh, investment in it as well. So actually mm-hmm. the NFL profits from it as well. Mm-hmm. So you always wonder about those. It's like those online casinos, right? Online gambling sites. You always kind of worry about like the <laughs> house is always going to win. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, it always helps to know people who play it. That's how I've, you know, it's word of mouth. I got a couple of people last year to play based on the fact that I was playing for two years. So they were like, they didn't know, not know enough of, about daily fantasy. And that's how it was introduced to me from you and a couple mm-hmm. other people we know. So, yeah. I will say, I honestly have thoroughly enjoyed DraftKings. I've really, really liked it because it's a whole new kind of skill set. Honestly, like it really does help to have some more knowledge in the NFL and what's going on when you do when you do a DraftKings where you're drafting and picking a team every Sunday, yeah. that helps a lot because you have to be kind of up to date on who's doing what, who's injured, who might not play and stuff like that. Where if you, if you have one team, you have guys on the bench that are ready to go in, you can swap in and swap out and just set it and forget it. So, I mean, yeah, there, I think there are pros and cons for all different kinds of leagues. I also played in a league a couple of years ago called the, the sudden death, like the suicide league which was the hardest and most expensive one I've played is where the goal is not to be the last person in the league. Um, you want to be second to last at all. And because um, if you're the last person who scores the lowest, you lose your players and you got to buy back every time. And it's extremely, it's very expensive to do so. Um, I played that for one year and I, it was just a lot of work and a lot of money involved. Um, mm-hmm. There was a lot of high rollers in that league. Uh, and again, the goal is every week you just want to make sure you're not the last person to, to you know, out because you're out. And mm-hmm. then all those players, you may have like studs on your team that are up for grabs. 
uh, you know, from for others. So you got to stay awake pretty late at night on on a Monday morning, I should say, and uh, to grab players. And you spend a lot of money for those players. So, so I I have heard of that, but I do have zero experience with that. But that obviously that's more for like the very skilled, I would say. Yeah, uh, yeah, it players. is. And it's not very. It's not a sta- something standard that you would see. Yeah. Um, and it's really it can get really expensive and messy, and just the mm-hmm. the rules are completely different from your standard. Um, where that's what makes DraftKings, I think, good because even though it's a daily, you get a daily, uh, what I should say is weekly setup of your team, you get to redraft every week. Mm-hmm. The, the points and everything are the same. It's still the same, you yeah. know, yeah. with your standard, you know. So that makes it easier for people who might be confused about how scoring works and whatnot. So, yeah. So, what the standard kind of, we'll say 10 to 12 team league usually does is everyone kind of has like a buy-in 20 bucks, 50 bucks, hundred bucks. Right. And then the champion kind of gets paid out. Maybe second place gets something. The commissioner handles that. Whoever runs the league handles that. That's the point. You need, you need someone to be a commissioner though. It's, yeah. It's hard. That's that job. too. That's a job that no one wants. I mean, it's, it's a, it's a thankless job. Um, and that's why a lot of people are switching to daily fantasy, like yeah. at DraftKings, because you don't need a commissioner. You don't need a weekly to, you know, either, you're either in or you're out, you know, um, and you, you send DraftKings the money as opposed to sending the commissioner the money. Uh, there are no trades where the commissioner has to approve it, look for votes on vetoing trades between teams. Mm-hmm. Um, so, it, I mean, it's definitely more intensive, but that's what makes it kind of more fun in my opinion, traditional leagues because it's the closest to playing in a real on a real NFL team without actually playing on an NFL team. Right. It's like you're you're a general manager of a football team. Mm-hmm. You're actually trading, making trades. You're looking at the waiver li- wire pickups on Wednesday based on your position if you if it's worth picking up this player or not. Uh, then you're waiting for approval from other league members on on like trades and there's a trade deadline involved. Mm-hmm. All of that kind of is the closest thing you can get to playing actual football or running an actual football team. Yeah, you're um, right. So that's what makes it fun for me. It's and also the, the trash talk. Mm. The 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 it's like a week to week basis. There's a, this board draft board and you know there's no resetting. You know there's no reset. Mm. You you're, you could be on your schedule. Your standings in the standings you could be four and four you know, trying to make a playoff spot. Whereas a DraftKings, it's a constant reset. There is no standings whatsoever. It's weekly, how much money you put in and mm-hmm. how much money is up for grabs every week. So it's a it's a weekly reset. Well, one of the benefits of DraftKings that I've really, really liked over the last couple of years is the automatic payout. Um, it's, you know, as soon as you place and or a win. So what DraftKings pretty much requires you to do or what you probably should do is just put like a lump sum in, in the beginning. And then it's for, I know our league, it's like $10 a week. We have it set, you know, someone sets it and you can be $2, $5, $10, whatever. And then you build a team every Sunday. And then, you know, if you place in the top three, that cash goes right back into your account and you can use it again next week. You can withdraw. It's super quick, very simple. I loved that that's part of that. Whereas like I mentioned with Yahoo, you got to wait till the season's done and then the commissioner has to write a check or, you know, God forbid he lost the money or something stupid, but, uh, which, but you which get, you get, you, you, yeah, you get a trophy and stuff, but yeah, no, I, I, I never put more than I, I put, I don't put a lump sum in DraftKings. I do it on a weekly basis of $10. Okay. And as soon as, if I do win, I do pull it out. Um, I'm not letting them make interest in my winnings, man. They got enough money. <laughs> so that's the way I see it. I take the money. So yeah. See, but like with DraftKings, I I, I will put uh, a little bit of a lump sum in and and um 
I'll do like they have public leagues as well. So you can play in a league with your friend and they also have leagues where you can play a bunch of random people for different price amounts, $5, $10, yeah, which is awesome. And I've had really good success with that too. And it's just, even if you want 20 bucks, it's like, cool, 20 bucks, you know, it just paid for the next few weeks of fantasy for you. So, yeah. um, and I'm just saying, you know, DraftKings, you don't have to, like some people are like, I want to play fantasy football, but I don't want to spend money or gamble. Um, it's free. There are free games you can right. play. There are leagues. You know, I, I think that's important to mention here. Uh, otherwise, it sounds like we're just playing for money here. Um, mm-hmm. And so is Yahoo. There, all the Yahoo public leagues. Forget the public leagues. If you have 11 friends or nine friends you want to start a league with, you can do so. It's very easy to do. Mm-hmm. And you, you don't have to play for money. You can play for bragging rights. Right. Uh, to me, I think that's even more important. The money is just kind of – it's a nice to have. Um, but that's what I miss about traditional uh, leagues and DraftKings. Yes. The money's more important than because there's no dragging really. Right. Um, Cause you're resetting every week. Uh, whereas in the traditional league, you can see your rivals or whoever you're playing your friends at the bottom of the league. You know, in my case, I, uh, for the last 20 years, I've been playing my brother. He's always in my league and uh, what kind of rivals. And so, you know, I always see him at the bottom of the league and <laughs> give him a hard time about that. So, but he's won the last couple of years as well. So it's, it's kind of neat to see that. So, but you, yeah. you hit it on the head. So doing a, a league like with Yahoo and or ESPN is more of a being like a general manager. Uh, it's, it's super cool. Cause that's kind of like the closest we'll ever get to doing it. Whereas DraftKings is the knowledge that you have will help you like gamble for the most part. And, but the great thing is, is like we said, it could be like a $3 league. Like we're not talking crazy money here. You don't have to spend a ton of money, which I get super competitive. If I throw three bucks into the ring, I, I want to win. You know what I mean? So I'm watching that game that's going to overtime on Sunday night and I need to go to bed, but I'm still freaking watching it. Cause I want that $10 in my yeah. bank account. Yeah. You know, you that's, gotta have a competitive spirit. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. yeah. I mean, um, that's the whole point. Um, but again, you know, there's that fine line between what's gambling and what's not in the sense with fantasy football. Um, again, bragging, you know, in the, in the, when I first started, it wasn't, um, I did public leagues and private leagues. Uh, I did public leagues for practice, just for fun. Mm-hmm. Uh, and they weren't, um, there was no money involved. You just, you know, a lot of bragging rights. And mm-hmm. uh, that's how I kind of improved my game, uh, or at least knowledge, I should say, right. on taking advantage of situations or, you know, trades are always going to be tough, you know, in a, in a league, but um, you know, just waiver wire pickups, free agent pickups, looking at that clock on a Wednesday um, when, when that waiver becomes a free agent, you know, so you don't lose your spot in the lineup, stuff like that. I, I don't know if I'm getting too technical here for your audience, but. No, but that's a good point though, is for anybody who's looking to get into fantasy and you're listening to this and you're like, I'm listening to these two guys talk. I don't know what the hell they're talking about. You know, just go ahead and sign up for Yahoo and it's free and you can practice. And the great thing is, is like with Yahoo, I highly recommend doing a mock draft. Mock drafts. We used to do that during work. Shh, don't tell anybody. But lunch, lunch breaks. Those are our lunch, lunch breaks. breaks yeah. Oh my god, it's awesome. Just having a feel for who goes and where. It's all about getting the value and in, in what round and who who and you can let slide. The, and, and there's always an idiot who picks uh, the worst player at number one and ruins everyone else's draft. <laughs> when you're doing a mock draft, you're like, all right, let's get out of this one. Let's start again. So, Very much. Yeah. Well, we'll talk draft strategy here in just a moment, just to kind of give some tips. Um, First thing is first, though, I'm going to say two things that are super important is one, make your draft 
don't skip it because once it starts auto selecting for you, it's just you're gonna have a crappy team. It's gonna ruin your season. You gotta and then, make and then, the draft. And then you're and then you're that person that didn't show up and yeah. you're not you're not engaged the whole year because now you're like, oh, I didn't participate now and I'm not just I'm not gonna Yeah. I didn't draft this guy and I got three kickers and I gotta get rid of these kickers and you pick up nobody because there's no one left. And like, you know, when you make the selections, you have a commitment to that team and you have a commitment to watching that player and it's like somebody you believe in. So it makes it just so much more fun, makes it way better. The draft is so much fun. So show up, do the draft and so tip number two is this is the most important is know the settings and point system for your league period, because you need to play by that. It doesn't matter if Tom Brady throws 50 touchdowns, if they're worth four points each, when you have, you know, another league, someone's throwing 35 touchdowns for six points each. Like you have to know that you have to know, if you're getting PPR. So PPR is what we've just brought up, which is points per reception. So any anytime anybody ever makes a catch, you get a point for that, which adds up. Yeah. yeah. For a catch that adds up. So if you don't get points for that, for a running back or just in general, know that because a guy who catches a hundred passes, but catches two touchdowns, forget it. Take someone who catches 60 catches for 12 touchdowns, he's going to be worth way more. So yeah, if it's, if it's a touchdown heavy league or if it's you're getting points for a reception or running the ball as opposed to just for yardage, mm-hmm. right? Um, I think that's really important. Um, like, you know, there, there, were, there were times where if you're in a touchdown dependent league, that's what I think they're called, uh, where the running back has you only – the running back's only a value if he's scoring a touchdown for you. Exactly. Uh, whereas I'd rather play in a, a – PPR league where the running back is touching the ball more than he's scoring because he may touch the ball once and get you six points on a touchdown. Whereas the other guy might touch the ball 12 times. He's got 12 points right there for touching the ball basically, or getting, you know, whatever yards or catching the ball. If he exactly. catches the ball. times, So, uh, so I think that's important. Yeah. Those catches add up if you get points for them, but you have to see if your league counts points per reception. I and, and that affects that your draft and that affects how you draft your running back. Right. Like uh, a guy like Mark Ingram, who was with the, uh, he was with the saints, I think, and then Baltimore. Mm-hmm. Uh, but he's not a, he's not a receiving back. He's a running mm-hmm. back. Um, so, you know, if he's falling in the same round and he's up, you have to pick with between him and someone else. Who's going to David Johnson from the Texans. I, I'd still go with David Johnson because David Johnson has a higher probability of catching the ball out of the backfield as well. So he's going to get you more points. Mm-hmm. Uh, now, Mark Ingram might get you more touchdowns, but, you know, that's, again, it's a gamble, right? That's why you're playing to kind of find out how it, how it all plays out. Well, but both of them play for the Texans now. So. <laughs> it's also boomer bust too. Like if the guy doesn't score a touchdown, you're screwed. Whereas yeah. if the guy gets six, seven, eight catches, that's a great game. And if he doesn't score, you still collected a bunch of points and that's, what matters. You have to find ways to tally the points and you do that by knowing your scoring system. Yep. Absolutely. I I can't stress that enough. So uh, another um, term you will probably hear is ADP, which stands for average draft position. So basically when you're in your draft, the last thing you want to do is be reaching and taking your pick in the first or second rounds for somebody that's still going to be there in the third or fourth. Why would you do that? You can get them later. 
So the term ADP, which you'll probably be hearing on a bunch of fantasy sites, fantasy shows, stands for average draft position. So if you're in the first round and there's somebody with a first round ADP, it's okay to take them. If the guy is has like a fourth, fifth, sixth round ADP, don't take them. Plain and simple. You have to have it. And that's where the mock drafts come in because you get all these. Idea. And technology now tells you where these guys are going. Mm-hmm. You know, like, um, I, you know, I played in 2000. We had paper forms. We filled out paper forms. It wasn't on a computer. So we didn't know what ADP was for certain players. Like if someone's going to pick a player in the third round and everyone's like, wow, good, good luck with that. That guy's not even making any teams and you're picking him, you know? Mm-hmm. Uh, so now at least you kind of have an idea. I mean, where these guys are going to go. You'll see a lot of suspended players on there. You know, I mean, Deshaun Watson's average draft position this year is going to be, I'm curious to see where it's going to be yeah. because do you even draft him? Because you don't even know if he's ever going to play ever again, but you know, he's not suspended. So he's still on the board. So that's so. the thing too. So I want also want to clarify is when you're going between ESPN and Yahoo and CBS and NFL, they all have pre-rankings already set for you, which is kind of like a guide for the most part. It's okay. But at the same time, don't rely on that um, because they have, you know, a guy who might be number 15 in Yahoo could be 30 in ESPN. And you're like, well, what the hell's the difference here? You know? So <laughs> it's the same guy. If you honestly, if you know some football and you expect him to have a big year, snag him. you know, take them or, and, or, you know, if you see someone that's ranked in the one hundreds, but you're like, Oh, this guy's really good. You know, like you have to find those gems and you cannot just rely on the fact that ESPN or Yahoo has these guys ranked where they do. You can't necessarily rely on that. So you, they call it basically like abusing the rankings. Like you have to find a way to abuse those rankings. You got to find the guys that are misranked and, you know, get them ready to draft later in the rounds and take advantage of that. Whereas other people might just be like, well, this guy's sitting here. CBS says he's good. I might as well take him." You yeah. can't do that because if he gets caught, if he gets hurt, if he, you know, if he's holding out for contract, like, and Yahoo has him sitting up up there or CBS or like sitting all the way to number five, like you need to know that. So that's called abusing the rankings. I highly recommend it. And that honestly kind of helps separates like the good from the great fantasy players is finding ways to do that. And they're going to learn from it's, at the end of the day, it's all trial and error. I mean, the more you play, every year, the better you're going to get. Mm-hmm. Uh, the strategy is obviously very different when you're playing in a traditional league, like a 12-person league, mm-hmm. over 16 weeks, 17 weeks, what you what you have you, as opposed to playing daily DraftKings. Uh, for example, my strategy uh, in a traditional league has always been be the top six. Top six makes the playoffs. Uh, so if you do have a lot of busts, uh, it doesn't matter. I'm, I'm playing to get into the playoffs. Once I get into the playoffs, then we figure out Mm-hmm. The next step, if you know what rank you're playing, I mean, otherwise, there's no point if you can't even make the top six out of the 12 teams. Exactly. Uh, so, for me, my focus always is make the, make the playoffs. Once you make the playoffs, then you kind of figure out okay, your quarterback could have been better here, or you know, he's available. Let's try this guy now for the playoffs. Maybe drop, drop this guy, pick this guy up. Um, but yeah, you can, you don't have to have all the studs necessary. Uh, I mean, you do if you want to rank high, but, mm-hmm. you know, it's like real football, you know, uh, number one seeds lose to number six seeds all the time. Right. You know, so that's what makes it fun. 
So let's talk real quick about uh, we'll we'll get into some draft strategy here. So at first we'll, we'll go we'll go over DraftKings in just a moment, but we'll start with a twelve team league. So if we're picking from a twelve team league, you know our, our order out of a hat, what number was always kind of your favorite or numbers to get when drafting uh, from one to twelve? Uh, you always I always wanted twelve. I didn't realize that until maybe the sixth or seventh year when I was like, Oh, number 12 is great. Cause you get back to back picks. Right. Mm-hmm. I mean, you do get, you pick the last player uh, as the number 12, but the then first round. Go, yeah, the first round, but it starts back with you. So it goes one through 12 and then 12 back to one. Mm-hmm. So you get back to back picks. Uh, and that's always kind of nice. Cause I always drafted a running back and a wide receiver right off the bat. Mm-hmm. So I had two studs because your running backs, you're going to get your stud running backs are your, typically your top five uh, in the first five picks. But people always tend to pick up at least one quarterback in those five. So that means one running back, a stud running back is being dropped between the five and 12 slot now. Um, so you're still you, the chance of getting a really decent running back is there. And then a stud receiver, uh, you'd probably get your number one receiver in the in the league. Uh, at number 13 so to speak so I always I always liked uh, picking number 12 uh, and I I remember last few times you know because we pick randomly it selects the computer I always ended up picking number one or seven I had seven for like three years and I I thought that, I thought it was rigged I had to call a commissioner I was like <laughs> why am I picking number seven again it's always Rob Gronkowski <laughs> seven for me. so yeah well, here's the funny thing about this question too, is over the years, the answer has changed because 20 years ago, everybody wanted the number one pick, everyone, because that's when your horse would carry you. And it would be LaDainian Tomlinson, Priest, Sean, Holmes, Alec- Sean Alexander, Sean Alex- Edger and James. Yep. James, you wanted those guys because they carried the ball all the time. And that honestly doesn't really happen much anymore. So if you pick number one and you get a guy like that, it's okay that you have to wait till pick number 23, 24, but those guys don't really necessarily exist anymore. So that's my committee. Yeah. Yeah. That's why I like what you said, because picking 11 or 12 or whatever allows you to get two guys in the top 13, 14, rather than one guy in the top 20. And those add up fast when you can get those studs it adds up really really fast and it really is funny how drafting has completely changed when the game changed because if you think about it back in the 90s and even obviously before that and even early 2000s it was all about the running game and since then since the rams the greatest show on turf they started opening up with the air attack and now it's all Throw, 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 throw. That, that's your Kurt Warner in the top five. That's someone always picking a Kurt Warner in the top five now. Mm-hmm. Whether it's uh, – it hasn't been Brady, but, t- you know, typically it's Aaron Rodgers who goes in the top five. Drew Brees You're typically pre- – um, uh, Mahomes. Mahomes now. now. Well, Mahomes is – you know, he's all all tools player too, so he's running the ball for you as well. Mm-hmm. But do I draft him in the top five? I, I could get a quarterback – uh, that's going to get me three points fewer a game, but I also I, I'm on the back end. I've got two extra players now, as opposed to one, right? So that's the argument you always make. That, right? That's the argument against taking quarterbacks early is the fact that everyone, for the most part, leagues only start one of them, and there's 15 to 20 really good ones. So if you don't get one of the first few rounds, it's really not a problem because you can still get a really good one later. 
Um, and obviously like these days, what makes a huge difference is mobile quarterbacks. So keep an eye for anybody who's drafting on their league to make sure if a quarterback gets only four points for throwing it, keep that in mind. Because if you get six points for a rushing TD, he gets six. So if you have a mobile quarterback, you get six points for that. That is big time. And a lot of, you know, I, I, I noticed that looking at stats over the years, the one person who was um, underrated in that was Alex Smith. You know, he was a really good mobile quarterback. He ran the ball really well. He didn't get a lot of touchdowns, mm-hmm. but he was playing for the Chiefs. I mean, they had a really good running game. But, you know, if it wasn't – if you're not in a touchdown-dependent league and, you know, you don't have a start quarterback, he was a great quarterback for you to start on weeks against bad opponents because uh, he would run the ball too. You know, mm, and exactly. that's what you kind of look for. Yeah. And that's becoming a little more common these days. Whereas, you know, when back when it was Michael Vick and, uh, you know, RG3, it was like, this is one of a kind. I'm rocking a point here and no one else is. Now, Cam yeah, Cam Newton. Now there's more mobile quarterbacks. So it's not like, oh my God, I got the mobile guy. It's, well, you know, there's a lot of mobile guys now. But, you know, you want the mobile guys that, uh, probably get 50, 60, 70 yards a game. And if they can get in with their legs, if that's a guaranteed six compared to someone else throwing it for four, that adds up really fast. And plus the yard, you get points for yards. So you definitely want to, you know, that's extra point. That's just bonus points that for somebody who has Brady, he's a great quarterback. You can't argue that, but he's he's not the greatest fantasy quarterback. That's what really matters. And see, I mean, Aaron Rodgers is a great fantasy quarterback. Right. But I'd rather have Kyler – I would rather – would you rather draft Aaron Rodgers at number five or Kyler Murray at like in the third round who plays for Arizona who's going to – you may not get you the same amount of points as Rodgers week in, week out, but his his team is bad enough where he's going to have to throw and run a lot more than Aaron Rodgers. Exactly. Plays. So uh, I actually – real so, quick, I actually have – so I, I'm reading off some notes here that I took notes beforehand, and I actually have – Kyler Murray's name, who is my number one steal for this year. I think he's going to be the number one fantasy quarterback. It's not about how many games he wins. It has nothing to do with that. It's not even really necessarily about interceptions. It's he honestly, I believe will be the fantasy quarterback of the year. And one other pro tip that we have, and this is, this is obvious somewhat for fantasy players, but for somebody who may not know this, pick a quarterback on a team that's going to be in a bunch of close games and probably lose a lot because it's the game. They got to throw it up. They got to throw it up to catch up because it's the games where, you know, they, uh, where they're up and they just hand the ball off, hand the ball off. They're killing the clock in the fourth quarter while you're facing a quarterback who's airing it, airing it, airing it out, trying to catch up. And there's points, 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 points. That's what, <laughs> The garbage points, man. That's they're killer. They're the best. Time. They're the best, though. They're, they're the best, and uh, especially if you're, um, it's even more dramatic in daily fantasy because it's it's just so fast and accurate. Where you're like, you know, at least when you're playing traditional fantasy, you're like, all right, I'm I'm going up against one person. I, if I lose this week, all right, I'll I'll come back next week. Whereas daily fantasy, you're going up against eleven or twenty different people. Mm-hmm. You know, it depends on how many people in your league. So you can easily drop from one where you're first in the money to fourth in like split second where you get nothing, you know, and you're like, what happened? And that's, it's even more dramatic, I think. And that's what makes it more frustrating, but more competitive as well when you're playing something like DraftKings. 
Yeah. And then because like you mentioned with DraftKings, anybody can pick anybody. No one knows who's picking who that Sunday. So, you know, until the game starts. Yeah. Until the game starts. So if, if you're facing somebody who's just racking up, um, you know, garbage points, there could be multiple teams racking up those same garbage points. Same but uh, right. case in point, I'm going to th- do a throwback here. And I know exactly who I'm talking about. You know exactly what I'm talking about is uh, John Kitna when he was with the Lions. Freaking terrible oh. team. But man, he's he a great just fantasy football quarterback. Chucked it, at, chuck, chuck, throw it everywhere. Just throw it. It's like he got picked off. No problem. He's going to come back out. Keep throwing yeah. it, throwing it, throwing it. It's like that's how you get points. Just keep because going. Because I remember Kitten would always have like 30 or 40 yards in the first half. And then second half, it would blow up to like 400 because his team was so far behind and he's throwing turnovers. The other team will punt it, keep punting it back to him. So the Detroit Lions kept getting the ball back. Mm-hmm. Uh, Another another player like that was notorious was Jake Plummer uh, yeah. with Arizona Cardinals. He was a yeah. great uh, fantasy football quarterback for me because um, he was they were always playing from behind, so he always had to throw it up. I mean, Kurt Warner, all these guys did play the first half. Peyton Manning, but if they if they're in the lead, you're just going to run the ball, mm-hmm. and you know, kill the clock. Yeah. You got you got to be careful not to pick homer picks as well. Your favorite players. Oh, I love Tom Brady, so I'm going to draft him you kind of quit doing stuff like that. You know, that's like the last thing you want to do is like draft players that you love or teams that you love because, you know, they call it Homer picks unless they're legit. I mean, you know, you got Patrick Mahomes falling into your lap and you're a Kansas city chiefs fan. Yeah. You should draft Patrick Mahomes. Right. Okay. But not take the number one because you're a chiefs fan and you have the number one pick, you know? Yeah. I mean, that's, I, that's a great, great, great point is one, don't be biased. And two, just because, you know, this person's a great football player in real life doesn't necessarily make him a great fantasy player. I can't stress or, that enough. Or be biased in our leagues. We'll, we'll, we love players like that because, <laughs> you know, our odds uh, greatly improve. Leave, yeah, leave the good guys for us. We'll take them. <laughs> yeah. So you gave your strategy as far as, you know, if, if you get to pick around the bend. So one thing that I look to do, and I think I've looked to do ever since the day of Bulger and Holt, is uh, some if if the right quarterback is there, I will go quarterback wide receiver from receiver. the team and stack them. And so yeah, that's not a bad idea. I like doing that, and I've had some monster success with that, especially as as far as Peyton Manning, Demarius Thomas, Tyree Kill, Patrick Mahomes, Matt um, Matt, Matt Ryan, um, Julio Jones. Yeah, I, I think that would have been really you know for years that was a great combo. I love um, doing that. You got to make sure, obviously, like the quarterback is first of all worthy of a first or second round pick. If not, maybe snag him later. If he's not that good, you, like Amari Cooper, Dak Prescott type of thing, you know, you can still get, yeah. you can stack them later. I really, really advise to stack the right combination because you will like murder people. <laughs> if, if you get the You're right, a lot of points. Through, yeah. Well, Drew Brees, Michael Thomas, that would yes. have been a great 11 and oh, that would have been a great 12 and 13. You exactly. Look at it that way. Drew Brees, Michael Thomas. Two years ago, when I had Mahomes and Tyree kill, it was I would I was killing. Oh, you remember I was killing everybody. It was like this is amazing. I love it because <laughs> he just keeps throwing it to him, and it's just imagine it's double the points, double the points, double the points, and you know if if Tyreek's getting his points, it means because Mahomes is throwing him the ball. Oh, so yeah. you know if he's having a good game, well, so is your quarterback too, and yeah. You know, it's. Uh, I think there are tandems like that. Um, some are ready to break through. I mean, obviously those Matt Ryan and um, uh, Julio, but they're not together anymore. Uh, you might see that with Matt Ryan and who's he? Calvin Ridley, Ridley I think. Yeah. 
But Ridley's still, he's not Julio Jones, in my opinion. Mm. He's not the possession receiver as well. You need someone who's going to get the ball no matter what. Right. Like third, third down, get a first down, even if it's a two-yard catch. You need one I would recommend this year, if it weren't so crazy and his situation wasn't crazy, would be Aaron Rodgers, Devontae Adams. It's like a guaranteed <laughs> touchdown. 15, 16. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. It's Yeah, he might. Uh, yeah, I think Aaron Rodgers, I, I, you know, any player he teams up with is going to, yeah, it's now it's like California Hollywood Brown and uh, Lamar Jackson as well, right? I think that's a pretty good tandem if that guy can break through and catch the ball and stuff. So, so you made a great point as far as like quarterbacks coming from behind, but it's kind of almost the opposite with running backs. You know, you want running backs that are going to get the ball when they're winning and the game is kind of out of hand and they're running the clock second out. Half. You want the second half guys. Yeah, like a Derrick Henry is a perfect example. Like Tennessee is a great team, and you know when they're up, it's just hand it to him and hand it to him and hand it to him. Let him take over the game. So the one the one iota I would kind of like say about that is, um, you know, if you have a running back that catches passes, that's going to be the guy who's in the game late in the game if they're trailing, like a James White from New England or, you know, some guys who just keep getting catches and catches and catches to to come back. So keep that in mind. Kevin Fox started that whole trend with Exactly. Right. So, um, yeah. So if you have a, if you have a running back that catches a crap ton of passes, just know it's okay if he's trailing in the fourth quarter, cause they're probably going to dink and dunk to him. But if you have a more traditional running back that doesn't get as many, make sure he's on a winning team or yeah. a lot of fourth quarters. If they're down, he's just, you're not going to see him and you're done. Like you're not going to get any more points. So. Yeah. I just, you know, I've kind of lost faith in running backs as you know, like you talked about, they're not as studs as they used to be. I think receivers hold more value now I do too. because also because running backs, there are so many by committee. I mean, yes, there is Derrick Henry, uh, you know, but other than that, I'm like thinking of who, who else comes to mind? I mean, Cam- Cam- Kamara, Kamara, Alvin Kamara, Kamara's good. Kamara's great for catching the ball. McCaffrey, but even if you look at, yeah. Yeah, well, yeah, but McCaffrey then got hurt, so you don't know what it's going to look like. How many times they're going to give him the ball now? Um, there is no like guaranteed stud, you know that you know they're going to give him thirty touches. Um, so f- for me, it's more about investing. I mean, you still need a you still need a running back, obviously, mm-hmm. at least one good running back. But for me, it's more about investing into in a better receiver uh, that's guaranteed to catch the ball. Michael Thomas is a great example, right? I mean, I don't know how it's going to work out for him now in his career with Drew Brees gone. Um, but, you know, how how does that work with who, who throws him the ball? You know, mm-hmm. because that, that, guy's, that guy is just all possession. You know, he's, he catches the ball 11, 12, 13 times a game. That's a lot of points, you know. So. I, I agree 100%. Like, unless you have the top maybe one, two, or three picks, I would highly consider skipping the running back grabbing a wide receiver who's got just as much value. And every single year, there are running backs that come out of the woodworks that you've never heard of before that can carry you to the fantasy playoffs because when running backs get hurt, someone else has to step in and that means they're getting the ball and you can probably get him for free in the waiver wires or, you know, take someone in the last round as a backup. And if the starter gets hurt, he's all yours and he's a starter now. So (laughs) I, I honestly, I'm really, really leaning that way anymore is just take a wide receiver and if not two of them in the first few rounds and, and the tight ends like Travis Kelsey or you know, like a Gronkowski type of thing. So I was um, going to, I was going to mention that. Yeah. Tight ends are hard now to find. There are not many. Very hard. Tight ends left. It's, it's like Kelsey and even Gronkowski is not 
someone you can depend on. No, not at uh, all. I think other than Kelsey, uh, you know, Hunter Henry, who knows what's going on with him. Uh, that Hurst guy, you who knows what's going on with him. There's no consistency. I mean, mm-hmm. once Antonio Gates retired, it's like, you know, all tight ends are gone except for Travis Kelsey. Believe it or not, I think people often uh, – the Houston Texans tight ends, they're actually really good in the red zone for getting you touchdowns. Mm-hmm. They're not going to get a lot of balls. But now, again, with Deshaun Watson's situation, I don't know how that's going to play out. But Jordan Aikens is actually a really good tight end that I recommend to people. Or, or I would – because no one gets him, no one picks him up, so I get him late. Um, he's a very touchdown-friendly tight end in the, in the, in the red zone. Uh, and they had Darren LaFell the same way the year before. Uh, Houston is actually very tight end friendly, um, but there's no other team that really does that. Yeah, we'll talk more about players. That's good tease for our part two conversation. But uh, yeah. yeah, I would say Kittle. It's just Kelsey and Kittle, and that's it. And then you have yeah. um, such a leg up in everyone else, whereas like running backs are you know, type of dozen. You just don't – you don't know. You know, you can draft someone number three, four overall, and he's getting yanked in the fourth quarter because he can't catch passes. You know, like it's – But see, nuts. that's the thing. I mean, Kelsey is still dependable. Uh, Kittle gets hurt. Yeah, you know, and he's not hurt for a week. He's hurt for like weeks, multiple weeks. Yeah, uh, that team is really hard to figure out. They are so there's so much talent on that 49ers team, man. I mean, even their quarterback. You know, you're like, what the? You know, if you're a 49ers fan, it's got to be hard. Mm. The amount of talent they have on paper, uh, where they cannot just they can't stay healthy or finish games. They have great coaching. That coach is awesome. You know, when he was in Houston, I mean, that's Kyle, that's uh, Mike Shanahan's kid. Yeah. Kyle Shanahan, he's, he's a great offensive mind coach, man. So, and he had all those weapons they had with running backs. I mean, they were, they were tearing it up mm-hmm. uh, last couple of years. So, you know, it's, it's the system. It's whoever you put in that system. Sure. And uh, there's a few more tips as far as uh, I have for drafting uh, a standard league. I would say one is uh, look at the division of the, player that makes a huge deal because you know if you're facing somebody or you know if if you're picking somebody up that plays in a division with stout defenses and every single week they're going against the best defenses well you have to kind of hold your expectations a little low because they're going against the top they're going to be taken out of the game you might get five points and that's it i would rather pick guys in divisions where they're putting up 30, 40 a game, and they just don't have defense at all. all. Like the NFC South, like it's been the Saints, it's been the Panthers, it's been the Falcons. They're throwing up so many points because they haven't been able to stop anyone. It's like, uh, give me a player in that game. I'll take that all day long over a number one wide receiver who has to, who's getting shut down by the Bears all the time. You know, it's like that makes a world of difference because in the division you play each other twice. So, and it's hard. Yeah. I mean, that's a good point. Like, you know, going up against the bears, for example, right. It does not affect Aaron Rodgers in any way. I mean, it still does. He's not going to put up his best numbers against the bears. The only anomaly for me, that's what it's always hesitant to draft that guy drafted him last uh, in the last traditional league, Josh Allen. Hmm. I mean, he's going up against, you know, tough defenses every week in his division, but he still puts up points. He yeah. still scores, and he's got the legs too, man. That's that. He's the. I think he's the best mobile quarterback after Kyler Murray and all these guys. I think he's taken a, a step forward in this game for sure. And now he's got. And st- now he's got Stefan Diggs. You know, I mean, they they are definitely going up. Uh, it's all in his attitude as well. If they stay healthy, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. but again, do you draft him because he goes up week in and week out against good defenses in his in his division? 
it's something to consider for any pick and any player you take. And if there's like choice A or choice B and it's super close and one of them's in a division where they're scoring 50 points a game or the other one's a division where it's just brutal with snowstorms and blizzards and great defenses and stuff that can screw you over. It really can just give me the dome teams that light it up with 50 points a game. I'll take that. I'll take my chances. So definitely. Yeah. That's a good point. The the snow in uh, Cleveland, you're like, Oh man, I've got, I've got a quarterback and two receivers in this game, you know, it's snowing. 30 you mile know, an hour winds with snow. It's like you're screwed, you know? So kickers, your kickers too. Yeah. Yeah. So always, always select, always select Baltimore kickers, man. Baltimore kickers and uh, all those, all, all the, all the AFC East kickers are, are really good because of the weather, because of the defenses. I always look to them for as a kicker. Uh, yeah. I like dome kickers. I like the dome guys. Cause you never get a, well, I'll say never, but you don't really face the weather. But uh, another piece of advice I want to give you is I think it's overrated is uh, when people are like, well, I took this guy because it's opposite of another guy's bye week. And that's the only reason I drafted him. Like, honestly, draft who you want. Ignore the freaking bye weeks. And if they all yeah, end up with the same bye weeks. Don't take that into account. Yeah, I've had that happen. I've had, I was like, oh, man, I drafted like – I've got four players on bye this week. What do I do? You figure it out. You know, you, you kind of – even if you have to take a hit one week, as exactly. I'd rather take one, one loss and keep winning every other week, you yep. know. So, yep. uh, so I think, uh, yeah. I mean, I, I've fallen into that trap too. So I think it's completely natural when you're like, oh man, if I draft this guy, then I'm, because it tells you, you know, when their bye weeks are when you drafted mm-hmm. these people, you're like, hey man, they're all on the same week. You'll find somebody. I would actually it. prefer that. Give me the one L, and then I have to worry about anybody the rest of the year unless somebody gets yeah. hurt. Just, yeah, that's a good point. Yeah. Give me the loss, or you don't. You don't change them. Yeah, you don't change your draft. You don't change your lineup at yep. all after that. Ignore so, it. Ignore yeah, the yeah. bye weeks. There's a lot of people that are like, "Well, I only took this guy because his bye week was different than this guy." It's like, who freaking cares? The only time that may, the only time that may make sense is a, is a quarterback because yeah. you're going to need someone to pop in there that one week. But at the same time, too, is like, you know, if you have Rodgers, Mahomes, and, or any of those guys, like you're never, ever going to sit them. So you can find a quarterback that's going to throw up a decent game that one week that you need them. Yeah. And so, yeah. I mean, I, I, there's a lot of folks who do that as well. They stack. They, they, they try to be smart and, like, pick extra quarterbacks that, you know, they're going to use, which they never do for bye weeks. So if you've got, like, two stud quarterbacks on your team, you're wasting a spot. I'm sorry. You really are. You should you – should, if you're thinking about, well, I can use this quarterback when my other quarterbacks are, you know, out of buy. Again, you're wasting a spot. You're better off using that on a better uh, position player, uh, skill player, you know, like a running back or a wide receiver. Or if you're doing it to to make sure, ensure that, you know, no one else picks this player up, then you just got to rethink your strategy because that never works. And all and that I, does. We, we, see it every, we see it every year. We see it every year with people with four quarterbacks on their, you know, on their friggin' uh, uh, roster. You're like, what are you doing? Yeah. So, and all that does honestly is give you freaking heartburn every Sunday because you don't know who to put in and then you put the wrong guy in. You're like, Frank, why didn't I switch them? Don't yeah. just get rid of that dilemma altogether. Forget it. Don't even yeah, draft yeah. them. You know, there are quarterbacks sometimes that, you know, if they're injured or if they're a fringe top 12 quarterback, maybe you have another guy just to keep starts blowing up. But if you have a top five, six, seven guy, you are never going to sit that guy unless maybe he's facing the top tier defense ever. But otherwise, yeah, you're 100% right. Don't worry about that. And my last piece of advice as far as drafting in one of these standard leagues is go with your gut. 
go with your own gut. I can't tell you how many times I've listened to like ESPN, uh, a Matthew Barry show or something else. And yeah, they know what they're talking about, but at the same time, they're guessing too. They're guessing right along with you. And, you know, especially if you're like a fan of a team that you have a good pulse on, you know, what's going on in practice. This guy's looking good. You hear all the good reports and, but someone else tells you, you should draft this guy. And then you draft the wrong guy and, you know, you shouldn't, you know, all along you should have taken the other one. Just, I can't highly recommend that enough. Just go with your gut, go with what you know is right. Don't just listen to someone else. Cause they said it was a good idea. Cause at the end of the day, they call themselves an expert, but nobody really knows, you know, the guy tears an AC on the first play of the game. And it's like, what the frick did I listen to that guy for? So, you know, it's all a guessing game at the end of the day. So. Well, come on, man. Mark Sanchez is still available in certain. In, in certain... <laughs> <laughs> he gets yeah. you the butt fumble, the butt fumble. That yes. was terrible. I was going against uh, the Patriot defense that, that day of the butt fumble. And I guess slaughtered. I think it was Thanksgiving day. And that's always painful for me is uh, when, you know, when you have like a top ranked defense, like I've, I've been fortunate if I've ever started like the Ravens defense, then they're killing it. You get points for uh, shutouts and stuff. And, but the Ravens offense gives up the ball and mm-hmm. the other team gets to score because of it, you know, yep. which I always think that I always think, I don't think the defense should be penalized for that. I think the defense should be able to hold out its shutout because that was the offense's fault, but that's yeah. just me. Yeah, it's brutal. But the good thing is, I guess, it's the same for everybody. You know, it, it, it can go for you and go against you. Yeah. Um, so, all right, so let's move on to DraftKings. And uh, I'm really curious. We've never talked about this. What is your strategy when you pick your DraftKings team every Sunday? And I'm, I'm tempted not to give my strategy, but because this is a podcast, I'll go ahead and do it. Because as you know, I'm not just bragging. I've had really good success with DraftKings. Yeah, you've done, done yeah. very well. I think, you know, for me, it's, it comes down to how well, how much knowledge you have of the players who are playing. Uh, and then I always, you know, you, you, I always, the way it's set up is because it's a foolproof, it's like set up for dummies, right? You pick your players that you want, and then it'll tell you, well, you can't add this player because you're over your budget. So you yeah, know, just you, to real go, quick, you go down, go down. Just yeah. to clarify real quick. So what DraftKings does, it's different, is uh, in Yahoo and or ESPN and these standard leagues, you pick a player, no one else can get them. So with DraftKings, you are given a quote-unquote budget, we'll say $50,000, and they come up with a monetary value for each player for different positions. You have to fill out a roster. So if you want to – I think it's like 12 12 positions. Is that what it is? Yeah, give or take. And so basically what you can do is throw all your money into a few studs, but then you have nothing left to fill out the rest of your roster. Or – do you go go kind of like cheap, middle tier, middle tier, middle tier, but you have a bunch of okay guy. You know, it's you have to figure that out as a strategy. But I want to explain that first before you kept going with your strategy. Yeah. So typically, so let's uh, let's kind of uh, elaborate a little more on that, right? So for example, uh, Patrick Mahomes typically is the number one quarterback in the league every week, week to week. Mm-hmm. So his his on your budget, he's going to be the most expensive player to get. So for example, he's probably going to be like 24,000. I'm just throwing a number out here. 24,000 out of your 50,000. It's already gone to him. Now you're like, okay, I, I, I spent everything, you know, I spent the most on my quarterback. It's going to affect where you draft other players or the second best quarterback that week is Aaron Rodgers. He's going at 19,000. So you decide, okay, I can get an extra five grand if I take Aaron Rodgers over Patrick Mahomes. So those kind of those, those strategies come into play because you're like, should I give up the 5,000 and take Aaron Rodgers and use that five grand on 
a, a position player, like a better receiver that I think would have a better choice? Or do I stick with Mahomes and then try my luck with a crappier receiver or whatnot? So all those kind of decisions come into place when you're, um, when you're drafting. Uh, and the system helps you with it. You know, it does the math for you. So it tells you you can't, you're over budget. You know, you get a little red number, red line or whatnot. So it's kind of dummy. It's dummy proof. It's made for dummies like me, I should say. Um, and that's basically a strategy. You look at week to week. Obviously, you look at who they're playing. I mean, it's extremely important to see if it's a division rival or uh, if they're playing in snow. I mean, what are the odds? You look at stuff like that as well. But they do a lot of the math for you based on that. I think DraftKings does that for you, where in traditional, mm -hmm. you you don't have that information, right? You're like, you're, you, you drafted Mahomes, you start Mahomes in Cleveland in the snow. Uh, whereas DraftKings, it'll affect where he's playing and what his points are as a result mm -hmm. as well, or how much he'd cost, I should say. Mm -hmm. You know, that's a, that's a great point. And yeah, there's a lot more strategy when it comes to DraftKings. Um, and as you mentioned, yeah, if you put all your money, money towards like one player, you're giving up something somewhere else. And keep in mind with DraftKings, it's a, you just win that day. That's all you have to do is win that day. You don't worry about next week. You pick another team then. So if there is a crummy quarterback, but you believe he's going to have a great game and he costs you basically yeah. nothing, go for it go for it. And this is honestly where mobile quarterbacks come into play too, because you do get a crap ton of points from those mobile quarterbacks. And with DraftKings, I do believe it's only four points for a throwing touchdown. So that's where Lamar Jackson comes in. And that's why he's so damn expensive every week because he just gets those. He runs the ball too. Yeah, yeah. He runs the ball like crazy. Um, so as far as but strategy, he, and, but he, he, but he didn't have a good year last year. I think his, he, he, he was, was average. Slump. He, he was in slump. Yeah. So, you know, that affects now it probably affects how he is graded this year. Right. Or what his budget would be this year. So I think right. that comes into play as well. But the thing um, is too, is like, yeah, we can say he had kind of a, an okay year, but at the same time, like fantasy wise, he probably still had a really good year because he does continue to run it. So the even yeah. the shitty games are pretty good for fantasy purposes. That's yeah. what really, really matters. Now, uh, as far as strategy goes, what else are you looking at? Um, well, for me, the players, uh, you know, who, who they're playing, who are they going up against, especially receivers. Uh, it comes down to possession, PPR, always, you know, it's always like how many points you're going to get. It's a little different with strategy with DraftKings, I've noticed, because we only play the 1 o'clock and 4 o'clock games. Um, you know, we don't play the Sunday night games. I wish we did. Whereas in the traditional league, we played the Thursday night game. We played the Saturday game if there was one. We played the three games on on Sunday. You played you watch Monday night football too, uh, so it gave me more incentive to watch football all those days. Whereas DraftKings, I'm done after four o'clock at, at at the six thirty seven. That's something hour. our commissioner set up to. That's not standard. That's just what was selected for. Which, yeah, I'm hoping we can do Sunday nights as well. I think it would make it a little more fun. It opens up the you know, it opens up uh, the number of players you can select from and stuff. And uh, also it gives people a chance to catch up, you know, watch, it makes it more exciting. Mm -hmm. um, but yeah, as far as strategy, uh, again, it's, it's just based on budget and feel. How do you think they're going to do this week? You don't have a lot of choice based on, you know, you could pick the, I could, I would love to have Derek Henry, Patrick Mahomes, <laughs> uh, Julio Jones, but then, all three of them, Travis Kelsey, and then find out, okay, I, I've got seven other spots I can't fill because I'm out of money. 
Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, and that can throw you off too. You're like, wait, what's a $50,000 budget? I'm only pay- paying for $10 a week or whatever. So th- that's just a budget number these guys come up with, you know, to kind of make it more exciting, I guess. Mm-hmm. So you have 50 grand to spend when you actually don't. It's all monopoly money, so to speak. Right. Um, but yeah, I mean, it comes down to uh, going with your gut, man. I don't, I don't know about you. How do you, how do you kind of so I'm about to let the secret out of the bag here. I don't know if I should do that, um, but I'm going to because I have an audience and they're listening, hopefully. But um, so what I tend to do as far as for DraftKings, like you said, we're only given we're given a budget, and you can only have you know so much and so many players and so many positions. What I tend to do is because I know football pretty well is pick my cheapest players for the week first, the guys I think that are going to blow up or, you know, if there's somebody that's injured and he's starting his backup is starting this week and he's like really cheap because it just hasn't registered in the system. Um, I'll pick them. I find the cheapest gems first and then see how much money I have left over to fill it out with the studs that I think I'm going to have a good week. A lot of people I think work reverse. I think they grab their favorite players and are like, Oh, I'm a Holmes. I got to grab him. Oh, uh, Tyree kill. I got to grab him. And then you're stuck scrounging, trying to fill out the rest with guys that just might not fit or, you know, they might not have good weeks. Whereas I'm going cheap first, finding the guys I believe that will have really good weeks and games that are set up for high scores. And then I'm filling in the rest with my studs. I typically go for the the, the tight end because Kelsey's always number one. But um, in DraftKings, who's the – I don't even remember his name. The guy for the Dolphins. Um, he's always available at a very good price, and he catches the ball. Yeah, I know uh, who you're talking about. I know about. who you're talking about. Okay. So, yeah, he's he's been – been a great uh, great find for me uh and Tua goes to him quite a bit he gets the ball um but he's an automatic tight Gis- end because Gisecki like, Gisecki Mike Gisecki Gisecki because I yeah I don't want to be able uh, I don't want to overspend on Kelsey Kelsey's just the the, the gap between Gisecki and Kelsey uh financially is ridiculous it's a lot but but in terms of performance it's not that much i mean kelsey of course is going to get the ball he's guaranteed it gisecki is not but when gisecki does get the ball he's on par with with kelsey and another thing that i look into is who's getting the catches because it is one point per catch i'm not on i'm honestly not even concerned with who's going to score touchdowns the way i see it is if they're catching the ball and they're getting the ball the touchdowns will come they will happen if you get enough catches you're going to score with one of them but if you know if a running back is only getting eight carries you get zero points for that and you if you don't score it's worthless so give me the guys that catch the ball as much as possible the scores will come with that and, uh, you know, there's always that slot receiver, right? Number three or in our – the flex league. For me, mm-hmm. it's always like the, the Aaron Humphreys of the world, the Julian Edelmans now, but Aaron West, Humphreys. Wes Welkers. Wes Welkers. Um, yeah, they'll get the they'll get like four to five catches, and that's all you kind of really need from that position. I mean, based on how much budget you're going to have left. You, you, you want some sort of output. So if you can get four catches for 50 yards – that's a pretty good day for yeah. me in, in that. And that's typically your Aaron, Aaron Humphrey Humphreys um, kind of category. So, mm-hmm. 
Yeah. And, and honestly, like one of the biggest drawbacks with a standard league drafting a standard league is like an injury. Like I said, will kill you. Your season could be done, you know, an injury to you. Like what the frig? I lost Aaron Rodgers. And I lost Derek Henry. Now I'm done. My season's over. Whereas DraftKings, it's like, well, so I'm, I'm bouncing back next week. I get to pick a whole new team and I'm right back it, in it. It gives you hope because that really blows. You know, you put a hundred, 200 bucks into this or whatever, even if it's 50 to 20 bucks, like, and your player gets hurt, you're done. It's like, but Frick. that was the but that's what I mean, you know. That's also the fun part, right? Like watching you completely sulk that whole season you had. Um it's implode. Uh, Adrian Peterson is your number one pick, and he, he never played uh, a down, I think, a until down. last last yeah. And you couldn't drop him either. So you were just because the league would not allow you to drop him, uh, because someone else could pick him up if he came back. So they want to make sure it's even. Uh, but yeah, that's what makes traditional leagues fun to watch as well, right? As well, it makes it fun if uh, if it's in favor, but if it destroys your league in week one or two and you're done for the year, it kind of that really does it sucks. And, and then the losers, there are extreme leagues where the losers have to go get tattoos. Yeah, that's crazy. There was one about 24. He had to spend 24 hours in a Waffle House. The <laughs> loser that. had to, he had to eat 20 yeah like 24 hours worth of yeah at a waffle house for losing coming in last. So those, those, that can be fun. Yeah. It's fun. But at the end of the day, one thing you just got to remember is it is still based on luck. Having knowledge will definitely help you have a better team. It'll definitely <laughs> help your chances, but it, it always comes down to luck. God knows how many times we've had running backs get down to the one yard line, get out of bounds or get tackled. They come out of the game and here comes some Bri- backup. It's like Brian, what the Brian Westbrook. Brian Westbrook takes a, a, takes a, a knee. knee. Gurley did too. Todd Gurley yeah. too. That costs that, you the whole game, man. That stuff will just drive you absolutely insane. I'll, I'll, I mean, I you know, it's it's very hard. To, it's I think they talk about golf that way too. Like, uh, I, I it's very or poker, I should say. Um, I don't remember. I've won quite a bit in playing fantasy football, but I don't remember my wins. I remember my losses, mm-hmm. like the hard losses. Uh, the biggest one I still remember, I threw a remote at a TV and, you know. Talk about uh, that. Talk, let, let people. I mean, that's, 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 that's not a good thing. Okay. You got anger issues if you're doing shit <laughs> like that. You know what I mean? Um, it was a year Tom Brady was having his crazy uh, year of 50 touchdowns with Randy Moss and they were lighting it up with Wes Welker. Um, and that year was the greatest, like for football, fantasy football uh, quarterbacks. I had Drew Brees. He was like kicking butt. Uh, I was in the final and Drew, I was up by two points. And um, the guy had Tom Brady, Tom Brady had finished. I was up by two points and I was going to win, I think it was $1,700 or something like that first place. Um, And Drew Brees was trying to break Dan Marino's uh, passing record for a season. So his last pass, and they were not in the, they were not going to make the playoffs. So he threw his last pass, he threw a pick. And so instead of winning by one point, I think I lost by one point um, to, to Tom, the guy was playing in the final. Um, And that cost me, like I dropped from making 1700 to like seven or 800. I lost like 800 bucks based on Drew Brees throwing one pick at the end because he was trying to break a record um, in a meaningless game for the saints. Uh, but that's that happens, man. That's, that's last brutal. minute, brutal. Yeah, I, I still remember it was two thousand and seven, so it's been fourteen years. Um, that's the year the the Giants beat the uh, Patriots in the uh, their perfect season. They ruined their perfect season. Uh, Eli's first uh, first um, Super Bowl. 
I, yeah. yeah, that's brutal. And we all have stories like that. I remember, I think you were in this <laughs> league with me where um, I was only down, I think it was about 14 or 15 points. And this was to get to the championship game. And I had Michael Thomas, who's the number one wide receiver, <laughs> and Cam Newton. Yeah. All Cam I had Newton. both of them going against nobody else. Nobody. It was yeah. a done deal. And Cam Newton, I think, got me three points, and Michael Thomas might have gotten me five. Exactly. And yeah. I Which, was like, you got to be – those guys get those in their sleep in both of and them. It, I think you were projected to get like 50 or 60 points from both of them combined. Unbelievable. But yeah, I will say I'll, – I'll, I'll end this on more of a positive. I remember I was probably down about 40 or 45 points, and this was I – do, I do believe to get to the championship as well. And this was back in 03, 04. And uh, so I remember my buddies and I, we were at Buffalo Wild Wings watching football and my base, I was basically done. I was annoyed. I was like, what the frig? I was wanting to go to the championship and it's over. And then Clinton Portis scored five touchdowns with over 200 yards on the championship belt. And I made the finals and I won that year because of that. He went bananas when I needed him the most. And I ended up winning. That was insane. And the guy who was probably playing you was like, can't believe it. You what know? the frick? It's hard. Yeah, it's it's like once in a lifetime. Uh, Derek Henry's had a couple of those games like the last couple of years mm-hmm. where he just runs over everyone for 200 yards and you're like, wait, what happened? You know, yep. if you're going up against him. So, yeah, it's 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 definitely brutal, man. It can be, it can be hard. Uh, like I said, why else would you watch um, the Bengals and the Browns on a Monday night? Yeah. <laughs> That's very true. <laughs> because it's competitive. You're like, come on, man, I want to win. I will so, say, yeah. we just told a few brutal stories, but honestly, we love it. I can't wait. And uh, NFL yeah. Red Zone is the shit. I cannot wait for Red Zone again. It's the greatest channel ever created on television. The Witching Hour is the greatest ever on television. I, I honestly, I can't wait. I'm super excited. Um, I really honestly imagine this podcast was probably pretty helpful. And also, you know, it's relatable listening to a couple of guys talk about fantasy. I know you guys are excited. Uh, we're excited. And uh, yeah, feel free to honestly shoot myself or Nabil a message. If you have questions about drafting, about leagues, about point systems, we've been doing this for decades now. We love talking about it. We love helping. We can't wait for the season. We're about, uh, what, a month and a half away or so. And it's going to be a crazy season this year, man. I mean, there's a lot of like, what what's going on? Matthew Stafford's in LA. Mm. Uh, he just lost his re- a really good running back. Even though they yeah. have a running back by committee, he lost a very good running back. It's going to affect how he throws that ball to Cooper Cup and those guys. Jared Goff in Detroit's going to suck. We know that. <laughs> mm-hmm. uh, I, I just think that team's a hot mess. Always has been. Uh, Houston Texans, what's going to happen with Deshaun Watson? It doesn't matter because he's he's only got he's throwing to brandon cooks there's no one on that team will fuller's gone all these guys are gone it's it's insane arizona is stacked i mean i don't know what's going on hmm. um how do you draft you don't know where these guys are going michael hmm. thomas do i my i just found out michael thomas is still hurt he's gonna miss multiple weeks not the hmm. first week so do we draft him no i'm not drafting him even if he wasn't hurt because who who's throwing to him you know i don't know uh you know you get tyrock taylor back in the mix or, but he's playing for the Texans. You know, he's been tossed around like everyone else. Mm-hmm. Um, Colin Kaepernick is still out there. <laughs> it's, it's, you know, it's it's just ridiculous. You don't know. Who, so this year is like the first year I have a lot of like, I don't know how people are going to perform. 
This is also a really good point to make too, before we, we wrap this up is make your draft as late as humanly possible before the season starts, because you just do don't it, know. Do it the last season. Yeah. Last week, do it last, last week. week. I always tell people yep. do it the last week before the Thursday night game. So the, you know, the season starts on a Thursday, ideally do your draft on a Monday, mm-hmm. Monday night or, uh, or a Tuesday. A weekend, like yeah. Two days. yeah. I mean, well, weekends typically people can be busy. So you need, you know, with, I would recommend just doing it right before, that Thursday night game, um, you know, people have done it where they do it two, two to three weeks before I get invited to leagues where they're doing it three weeks before. I'm like, there's mm-hmm. no way. I, I mean, these players are going to get hurt. Mm-hmm. I don't know who's starting. Why am I drafting people that, you know, are still playing in preseason games? Yeah. So. Do it, do it after the preseason games and do it when like the rosters have already been set. So you have an idea who's starting, who made the team and how shitty would it be if you drafted, um, was it eight? Our team group. Ake, was it Aker like Aikens? Cap like, Akers, yeah. How shitty would it be if Ake, if you drafted him and then he, he got hurt and now you're done for the it's like what the hell? I wasted my first round pick. It's just what I'm saying. Just what I'm saying. Like that would suck. So. Well, I mean, the Texans look stacked. Uh, it's obviously my home team, so they look stacked at um uh, running back. Mark Ingram's like the third running back. So you're like, oh, well, I'll take him. He's gonna get cut. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. He's going up against David Johnson, all these guys. He's going to get Philip Lindsay too. Yeah. Philip Lindsay. Uh, Philip Lindsay is the man now. And he's, I, I think he might be the steal for me if he mm. was in a traditional uh, league because they don't have a quarterback. They don't have good receivers. They don't have a good tight end. He's, they got to throw the ball to somebody. He's, they're going to just dunk it to him and he's going to take it, you know. Oh, him and David uh, Johnson. And he's a, yeah. yeah. But Lindsay's got a, he's just a smaller back. And I think he's just more, potent as running back i think he's he's a better running back you know so uh yeah it's all Lindsay, man well here's a little preview of uh part two when we start getting into players and what we have expectations for well, that could be super helpful so listen to that podcast before you draft we'll give you a lot of tips sleepers guys to look for and guys to stay away from we have a lot of opinions with that, but uh, just want to say thank you for listening to this episode of The Pursuit of Happiness. I am happy. Nabil, I know I'm, you're happy. I'm ecstatic. Yes, <laughs> it is almost time. We will do this every year. We will have an annual podcast about fantasy football. I cannot wait. So, Nabil, thank yeah. you once again for joining me on this episode. Thanks, man. Thanks for having me, We hope you enjoyed episode one of Fantasy Football. I know I certainly did. I love it. I can't wait. I know there was a lot of really useful information, good tips, and great advice in this episode. So stay tuned for episode number two, where we dive deeper into the 2021 players that we like and dislike. Once again, leave a comment. Shoot me a DM. Let's discuss. Let's talk about it. And also, please subscribe and leave a review for the Pursuit of Happiness podcast. Much appreciated, and I'll catch you on the next episode.